Hello and welcome to the Bridge of Faith podcast. We are glad you are listening. We hope you enjoy and are encouraged by today's message. Welcome everyone to the last service of 2019. I'm glad you guys are here in the house of the Lord. There's no better place to be at to end the year. No better place to be at to end the decade than in the house of the Lord. So I'm glad that you guys are here. So this is the last Sunday of 2019, which makes next Sunday the first Sunday of 2020. So I pray that you, you know, come back again and bring some family and friends with you to say, hey, let them know. I'm not sure what your New Year's resolutions are, but let's make, you know, be committed to the house of the Lord at the top of that list, right? Say, you know what, this year, 2020, I want to be committed to the house of the Lord, committed to community, growing together. So let's make that happen next week. And uh, just to let you know, also looking ahead, the second Sunday of, of 2020 is going to be the same uh, second Sunday we had of 2019, which that is going to be our state of the church address. So I'm really excited for that, and especially if you're new here. Um, or looking, how can you serve uh, somewhere, whether you want to jump in the, the, the kids' ministry, hospitality, worship, media. Uh, that second Sunday, the State of the Church Address, is going to be me not giving a sermon, but explaining basically who we are as a church, who we are as the Bridge of Faith, and the direction that I feel God has put in my heart for us to be going in. And so I'm really excited, going to break down all the teams, where we're at, where we're going, where we're at financially, and breaking that down, and uh, where we're going in that area as well. And at the end of that service, we will have a sign-up sheet for anyone that says, you know what, I do want to start serving in the church. I want to jump in hospitality or kids ministry or worship or media. And so we have that to look forward to as well. Last week, though, uh, we introduce what today is going to be on, and that is our free will offering. Last week we read the scripture from Exodus chapter 35 on this free will offering. And this free will offering is what Moses uh, spoke to the uh, people of Israel about as they were just coming out of Egypt. And so he spoke to the people and he said, hey, everyone... I want you to go home, and I want you to pray, and whatever God steers in your heart, I want you to come back and bring it to the house of the Lord. All right, so whatever God puts on your heart, I want you to pray about it. All right, and come on back and bring it and present it as a free will offering to the, uh, onto the Lord. And so God put that on Jerry's heart and my heart to say, you know what, I want that to be what we stand for as, as a church at the Bridge of Faith, that you know what, every year, that last Sunday of that year is going to be our free will offering service to where I want you guys just to pray and say, you know what, God, what do you want me to give? And I'm not excluding myself from this as well. Me and Jerry have prayed, and, and, uh, and uh, we have a number that we want to give as, as well today, and so we're involved with this also. And so offering is going to be at the end of service, and I pray that you're just going to ask God, if you haven't already, God, what do you want me to give? And again, nobody, please, don't feel obligated like I'm twisting your arm. But what is God putting on your heart to give? 
And again, we have three ways to give here, whether it's through cash or check, or we're on Venmo now as well. That's another way that you can give online. Just look for the Bridge of Faith under Venmo. You can give electronically. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, says this. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, but God loves a cheerful giver. And I know that this has been part of the DNA at the Bridge of Faith, that, that, that although it may look like a small church, that God has used this church to give in big ways. And that's something that we only want to grow in. Because if you sow sparingly, well then guess what? You're going to reap nothing back from that. But if you sow generously, then guess what? We serve a mighty and a faithful God that we cannot outgive him. And so that's what we want to be part of this church. And so as we give onto the house of the Lord, we're going to look around and say, all right, God, what do we need to uh, a fix in this house or what can we improve in in this house or what area needs the most help in this house and then we're just going to give to that area and continue to grow so before moving any further today let's pray dear God uh, money is never an easy topic to talk about father but it's one that you care deeply about Lord it says that uh, the root of all evil Lord God is kind of where money is but we know that when we just set our heart and our mind on you, that you can use even money, Lord God, to glorify your name. And so that's what we're praying for today, God, that we're going to use our finances. We're going to use whatever we have, whether it's our time or whatever we do have, our talents, just to glorify your name, God. So have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, here we are, the end of the service, end of the decade, and you know what, there's no better way to end 2019, there's no better way to end this decade of the 2010s than to give. There's no better way. In Malachi chapter 3 verse 10, um, this is interesting, it's going to begin in Malachi chapter 3 by the Lord rebuking the nation of Israel. And do you know why he's rebuking the nation of Israel? It's because actually going back to um, the free will offering that Moses spoke about in Exodus chapter 35. That was the first time that Moses said, hey, look, we need to contribute to the house of the Lord. Well, now fast forward to where they are now. And in Malachi chapter 3, it begins by the Lord rebuking the nation of Israel because of their lack of contributing to the house of the Lord. And this is what it says. It says, Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test. He's saying give, give and put me to the test. Don't put a limit on it, but give and put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven, this is what he will do when we put God to the test on our giving. He says, I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more in need. That the nation of Israel, but the first part of that is scary. He's saying that the nation of Israel has robbed God. 
by not doing this. And you might be asking yourself, I mean, how is it possible to rob God, the creator of the universe? How could we possibly rob him? Well, in Psalms 24, verse 1, it says that the earth is the Lord's. The earth belongs to the Lord. And not just the earth, but all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. So if everything belongs to the Lord, if everything that you have, that I have right now, if it all belongs to the Lord, if that is our perspective, then if we're not giving it back to the Lord, a percentage of it, then scripture says that we're robbing from God. And that is scary to me. That is scary. And you know what? When it comes to terms of are we robbing from God or not, the question is not this. The question is not how much am I giving to the Lord? That's not the question. The question for us today is how am I giving it to the Lord? How am I giving it? Where is your heart at in your giving? That is the question for us to focus on this morning. In Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 19, Jesus is going to say these words. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. All right, so he's talking about money here. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's the main part, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, this past week, on top of it being Christmas, um, I also did a funeral this past week. And it was for a young gentleman. Uh, he was very popular, well-loved by a lot of people. Um, part owner of this really popular restaurant in downtown San Jose. And um, I did not know the person. Didn't know the family or anything, but getting to talk with the family, getting to talk with the friends, and getting to know a little bit more about this guy, um, he was a great guy. Absolutely a great guy. And he died young, unfortunately, and it was really hard. But what I learned during this funeral was, man, we are not going to take anything with us. Everything here on earth. You could become the richest person in the world, and we will not take anything with us when we die. None of it. And that's what this verse is talking about. This is what Jesus is trying to warn us of. He's saying, do not lay for yourselves treasures here on earth. Don't make investments just, on, just so you can receive a return here on earth, but make a heavenly investment. Make an eternal investment. And you know what? When you give to the house of the Lord, that's exactly what you're doing. I know I've talked a lot about the kids' ministry just because we want to have a heart for, for kids here at this church. We want to see our kids' ministry grow in mighty ways for this church. And so I mention that a lot, but whatever we give, it's not going to all go towards kids. Whatever we give, it's going to go towards what is in the most need. But guess what? The kids is just one example that when we improve our kids' ministry, by the finances that we put into it, guess what? We are making an eternal impact on kids who maybe have never heard of the name of Jesus before. 
Now, all of a sudden, these parents feel comfortable to drop off their kids there. And now the parents feel comfortable for themselves to be in service, knowing their kids are well taken care of, and they can receive from the Lord. And so you can make an eternal impact by what we give to the house of God. You see, money is mentioned more than 800 times in Scripture. Can you believe it? Money is mentioned more than 800 times in Scripture. God knew God knew that our human hearts was just going to naturally always gravitate towards money. And guess what? That's why Jesus said, be careful where you place your treasure. Because where you place your treasure, that is where your heart is going to gravitate towards. And so that's why it's so important for us today to know that, you know what? Our treasure cannot be in our finances. It doesn't mean that we're not wise with our finances. It doesn't mean that we're not good stewards with our finances. But our treasure cannot be in our finances because moth will destroy it. Thieves can steal it. We can have a job today and not have a job tomorrow. It can be gone like that. So that's why it's so important to have our heart set on the Lord and everything about us set on the Lord. So he is our treasure, so our heart will follow that. You see, when you choose to give, when you choose to give, you are declaring that the Lord is your treasure, nothing else. That the Lord is your treasure. And so this is going to take us to our main passage for today. And in our main passage, we are going to see this beautiful story about how somebody gave. And this is going to illustrate how I believe, the, how I believe uh, God wants us all to give individually and give as a church. So if you want to follow along with me or open up to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, starting at verse 41. And he sat down opposite. It's talking about Jesus here, all right. Mark is writing about Jesus, okay. So Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. And a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And verse 43 says this. And he called his disciples to him and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box. For they, are contributed, or for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. So picture this. Picture that this is a church, right? And then at this church, Jesus is there, of all people. Jesus is there. And how this church does their offering, which actually many churches do their offering today this way. They set up a big old box right here. Set up a big old box right here. And then when it's time to give, you get up out of your seat wherever you are. And then you walk to the box and you drop it in the box. So picture this, and now picture Jesus somewhere off towards the corner somewhere, that he's just sitting down, and he's just watching. He's just watching everybody come in, and they're dropping in their offering to this box. And, you know, back in the day, you could tell what someone was giving, right? Because it wasn't this paper currency back in the day. You know, today, if you put in a paper, well, there could be $1 on that paper. It could be $100 on that paper. And guess what? None of us would know the difference, right? But back then, everyone knew what you were giving because it was either something large or it was something small. 
And so Jesus, here he is, sitting down and just looking at everyone, at what they're putting in. And he says that some put in these big old large amounts, and then there's a, pit, uh, and then there's a poor widow that out of her poverty gave everything she had, which only made a penny, two coins, making up a penny. And then Jesus calls his disciples over, say, hey, huddle up, huddle up, you guys. And then he says, guess what? There's a lesson here. There's a lesson here. All these people who gave these large amounts, they were probably, you know, walking up, their chests all puffed out, looking around, make sure everyone saw them. Like, yeah, that's right. Look at this big amount that I got. And they're dropping it in. They want to make sure everyone knows. He said, guess what? They're giving out of their abundance. This poor widow, he says, this is a lesson, though. This is who we are to look at. This is who we are to learn from. He said, this poor widow, though, she gave everything she had. She gave out of her poverty all she had to live on. And that's what Jesus wanted to draw their attention to. So it makes you think of, you know, these rich people that were giving these large sums, were they not tithing? I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't, I'm not sure. Were they tithing? I don't know. But let me tell you what God is not concerned of in terms of our giving. All right, this may be a shocker, but let me tell you what God is not concerned of today with you and me when it comes to our giving. He is not concerned with your tithe. He is not concerned with how much you are giving. What God is concerned with is your heart's. He is more concerned with your heart than he is with your tithe. God is more concerned with how you choose to give than how much you are giving. It's always a heart matter. It's always a heart matter. In verse 44 of our main passage, it said this, For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, the poor widow, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had to live on. You see, this poor widow shows us all today how we should be giving. And then we're going to learn three lessons from it today. Three things that our giving should be. See, it said out of her poverty, she put everything she had to live on. The first thing that this poor widow, or this poor widow did that we are to learn from, the first thing the poor widow gave sacrificially. The poor widow gave sacrificially. The definition of sacrificial offering is this. The act of giving up something highly valued for the sake of something else considered to have a greater value. So that's a sacrificial giving. All right? You have something that's high value to you, but you're going to give it or you're going to say, you know what? I'm giving it knowing that there's something of a greater value that I'm giving towards. You see, the other rich people in the story here, they gave from their abundance, and it was not a sacrifice for them. It was not a sacrifice for them. Many people today, especially here in the Bay Area, live beyond their means. I think we could all agree that if you just turn on the TV, watch a little, or see uh, social media, a lot of people around the world, especially in the Bay Area, we, we live beyond our means. And I ask myself, what if we became a church that gave beyond our means? 
Instead of living beyond our means, we became a church that gave beyond our means. And of course, I always mean be wise. That we give beyond our means being wise about it. Meaning that we always go to God and we ask God, God, how much do you want me to give? How much do you want me to give? Because guess what? Guess what? The poor widow, she didn't give a tithe. She did not give a tithe. The New Testament church is not under giving a tithe. So I have to say this, that if our tithe, if we choose to give a tithe, that's okay. I'm not saying don't give a tithe. I'm saying this, if your tithe is not a sacrifice, God cares more about your heart than he does your tithe. So when we choose to give, whatever we choose to give from, right? When we choose to give and then it doesn't hurt us a little bit, right? Be like, ooh, I don't know, God, but okay, here you go. This is what I'm going to give today. If it doesn't hurt us a little bit, it's not a sacrifice. And this is why it's so important. In anything in life, whether you want to be, you know, learn to become a great cook, you want to learn to become a good musician, you want to go to the gym and get bigger muscles, all that requires sacrifice. It all requires sacrifice. You just can't snap your fingers and become this great cook. You can't do it. You just can't snap your fingers and become a great guitar player. You can't snap your fingers and grow all these muscles, right? You can't do it. You can't do it. You have to read those recipes. You have to get in the kitchen, roll up your sleeves, and go at it, make mistake after mistake after mistake, and then you eventually learn to become a great cook. If you want to learn to play the guitar, you got to play that thing, play that thing, practice, practice, build up those calluses in your fingers and get past that. And then eventually you can become better and better at the guitar. If you want to go to the gym and get in shape and grow some muscles, well, guess what? You got to work out really hard, really hard, and then, and then guess what happens? You get sore, right? You get sore because that's your muscle fibers breaking down. And then guess what? Most people don't go back. Because they get sore and they're like, oh, man, I'm done working out, right? I'm done going on those walks. No, no, no. You got to go back because your muscle fibers are breaking down. And then as you continue to work out, that's how they get bigger. So what I'm saying is this. It's the same thing spiritually. We all want to, you know, become this great person. We want to be better than who we are right now. We want to grow spiritually. It doesn't happen by a snap of our fingers. It doesn't happen, but guess how one of the ways that it happens? By choosing to give sacrificially. By choosing to give to say, you know what? This might hurt me a little bit. This is going to stretch me, but I'm going to give in faith. Knowing that if I sow generously, guess what? I'm going to reap generously because that's, that's the God that we serve. Nobody would be here today, I'm sure, if we pass around the microphone, that we could tell story after story after story of how when in our life we had decided to give, and all of a sudden God rained down more than we gave. That God answered us more than we could ever anticipated. Nobody would be here today if you chose to ever give onto the Lord, and then, and then you just became broke. And then now you're homeless. Nobody will ever choose that, right? So this is what I'm saying. Is that if what we're giving is not a sacrifice, there's no growth taking place. 
The second thing that we're going to learn from the poor widow and how she gave, the poor widow gave generously. She gave sacrificially and she gave generously. Again, verse 44 said, out of her poverty, she put in everything she had. Now, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, starting at verse 1, Paul is going to brag about a church. All right, so imagine that this is us that he's bragging about. Paul is going to brag about a church and how they give. And he says this, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their parts. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord. As in they chose to go beyond their means. And this is, and this is interesting, verse 4. Begging us earnestly, this church, begging the leaders of the church, right? Begging Paul. says, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. This church gave generously. And why did they give generously? It says that they were begging Paul, said, no, no, Paul, please. I know that you see us as maybe being poor, that we don't have much, but we want to give. We want to give. And why do they want to give? Because they knew the God that they served. They knew the God that they served. They said that we know that we will get favor for taking part in the relief of the saints. As in, in making your life easier, Paul, making your life easier, Timothy, whoever else, the leaders of the church, we want to give towards the church to make your life easier knowing God is going to give us favor for choosing to give unto the Lord, for choosing to make him our treasure. I pray that we will be defined like this church, that we will be defined as a generous church that gives beyond our means because we know that we will receive favor from the Lord. That he's not going to leave us hanging, but we're going to receive favor from the Lord when we choose to give generously. You see, like I said earlier, the tithe, the 10% of our income if it's not a sacrifice, and if it's not generous, then we could be robbing God. We could be giving our tithe this whole time. And guess what? If that 10% is nothing to you because you're just blessed financially, we could be robbing God. So again, the 10% is not what God is concerned about. Because guess what? Those people giving large sums, they probably gave above a tithe, right? But this poor widow that gave out of her poverty two coins, Jesus said, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I care about. I care about your heart. I care about cheerful givers, not about how much you're giving. She was giving sacrificially and generously. She was giving what the Lord put on her heart to give that day, I believe. That she was giving what the Lord stirred upon her heart. And I'm not sure how she felt as she was walking to that offering box, holding her two coins, all she had to live on. I'm not sure how she felt as she placed that and let go of it. But I believe that she gave what the Lord put on her heart to give. Wanting it to be a sacrifice and wanting it to be generous on her part. And that is what God cares about. 
more than our tithe. I'm going to conclude here. If you come on up, Jason, please. This is why all this is so important today. This is why it's so important. And if our ushers could actually get ready as well. When we choose to give sacrificially, when we choose to give generously, this is what happens. And this is what happened in the story. And this is the goal of our giving. This is the goal. This is what I believe God is most concerned with in our giving, above it being a tithe, above it being anything else. This is what God is most concerned with. And it's number three. The poor widow's giving, it caught the attention of Jesus. When we choose to give sacrificially, when we choose to give generously, guess what happens? God doesn't leave us hanging, but it catches the attention of Jesus. All those people that gave all these large sums into the offering box, that did not catch the attention of Jesus. But guess who caught the attention of Jesus? The poor widow that gave two coins, one penny, that gave all she had to live on. That caught the attention of Jesus, and that is our goal as a church. It is to say, you know what, whenever you choose to give, that we're going to ask God, God, how much do you want me to give? Now, don't get me wrong. For some of us, a tithe is being generous. For some of us, a tithe is making a sacrifice. And so giving a tithe is perfectly okay. Maybe some of us don't have anything to give. And so choosing to give our two copper coins, man, that's God saying, you're catching my attention. You're catching my attention. Maybe some of us say, you know what? Me being generous is me choosing to give 20% of my income because of where I'm at financially, praise God. Maybe, I don't know. Well, all I'm saying is make it generous, make it a sacrifice, because when you do that, you will catch the attention of Jesus. And it just blows my mind because, you know, Scripture also says this. In John 21, 25, Scripture says, Jesus did many other things as well, right? He did many other things while he was here on earth for those 33 years. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. So Jesus did a lot of things. He saw a lot of things. He said a lot of things. He performed many things. And so they said, if we wrote out all of them, guess what? There wouldn't be enough books to even write about. But guess what was written? Out of all those things, what was written? The poor widow. The poor widow was written. The poor widow that chose to give sacrificially, to give generously. Guess what? Mark said, you know what? I got a story, you guys, that I got to write down. I got a story that's just going to blow your mind away, that's going to teach us today, the New Covenant Church, on how we should be giving. It's not about being legalized to a tithe. It's about giving, making it a sacrifice, giving it and living generously, living with an open hand, not a closed fist. So that is what we want to be as a church. I believe that as a church, if we choose to give sacrificially, choose to give generously, then we as a church will catch the attention of Jesus, and then who knows what's going to happen next? 
who knows if it's going to be our story written about or our story of the bridge of faith told for the next thousands of years. Who knows? But this poor widow, her story has been told to millions upon millions upon millions for years and years and, and years because of how she gave. Because of how she gave. You know, this isn't a scare tactic by any means, but Romans 14 11 always keeps me on my toes. Romans 14 and 11 says this, that every knee will bow and tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. We're not going to live forever. In fact, life is short. We're not going to live forever, but every single one of us, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, every single one of us, it says every knee will bow before the Lord and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And you know what keeps me on my toes that makes me want to live generously is that when I stand before the Lord on that day, I don't want him to say, you robbed from me. Man, I'm turning like, like, like that gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. I don't want to stand before the Lord one day and say, you robbed from me. You thought that all you had belonged to you. It belonged to me this whole time. I want God to say, you know what, Mikey? You made me your treasure. You made me your treasure. You went above and beyond your own means. You chose to give sacrificially and give generously. And guess what? You lived a life that caught my attention. And that's what Jesus is saying to each and every person here today. That when you stand before me, I want to say, you know what? You lived a life that caught my attention. Man, imagine that. Imagine how that's going to feel. Because we chose to live generously, sacrificially. To say, you know what? All this doesn't belong to me. It belongs to you in the first place, God. And so I'm going to give it back to you. And you know, just a wise saying that I've heard years ago that me and Jerry talk about today. You know, when it comes to money, when it comes to our income, it's to give, to save, to live. Right? As soon as you receive that income, give, give some, whatever the Lord puts on your heart to give, save some, be wise about being a good steward of your finances, right? Save some of that money and then live on the rest. That's something that I heard years ago from I can't remember how many people that me and Jerry still talk about today. And if you haven't heard it, it's just something wise that we can do as followers of Christ. That our income doesn't belong to us. And so we want to give that first fruits of it back to God. Say, God, this is yours. First, first and foremost, this is yours. And then save some and live off the rest. But let's be a church that's going to catch Jesus' attention. For him to be proud that we made him our treasure, that we chose to give sacrificially and generously, that we cared more about his kingdom than we did our own pleasures. Let's be that church. Let's make it our goal as an individual and as a church to catch Jesus' attention with how we give. I'm going to pray, and if the ushers could come on forward, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pass the offering buckets on out. And again, if you want to give right now, if you want to give later on, or maybe now, this is just now catching your attention, and then you're saying, you know what, I'm not quite ready, but next week, I'm ready to do that, then feel free. And again, if you're sitting here today, say, you know what, 
I just can't. Man, there's no obligation. There's no, I'm not trying to twist anyone's arm here. But I'm just asking you to ask the Lord, what can you give? What can you give? Knowing that he gives generously back to us. That it says he will open up the windows and rain down blessings on us until there's no need. That he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. On and on and on, we can go on scripture upon scripture upon scripture about how we serve a faithful God. That when we choose to give, when we choose to make Jesus our attention, man, he never lets us down. He never lets us down. And so whether you want to give electronically on Bimbo, that's how we're going to be doing it. Because that's just the easiest way for us to give. But however you want to do that. We're going to end service today by passing around the offering and by saying another prayer and heading out of here. And ending this year, 2019, the right way. Giving to God what belongs to Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you, Lord. We're so thankful that you are in control. We are thankful, Lord, that this world and all that belong in it and all who belong in it belong to you, Lord God. And so we choose to give to you. And when we give, we want it to be a sacrifice unto you, God. When we give, we want it to be generous. And when we give, we want to catch the attention of Jesus. So that when we stand before him, it's going to be part of him saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And so, Lord, I just ask you to bless everyone here. I pray, Lord God, that, that they would ask you what you want them to give today. That they would ask you, God, what are you stirring in my heart to give? And whether today is not the right time, but later is, and that's okay. That's okay. But I just pray, Lord God, that we would just live a life that's obedient to you, that cares more about making you our treasure than anything else, than anything else, Lord. So we give this offering to you today, God. And we ask, Lord God, that you will multiply it, that you will bless it, and that you will rain down blessing upon everyone here today, God. And that you will be their provider in every way imaginable. And you would just bless them, God. You would open up those windows of blessing until there are no more need. We're so thankful for who you are, God. So thankful that you are greater than anything else, Lord God. We choose to make you our treasure, not our finances. You are our treasure. So I ask you bless everyone here today, Lord God. Be with them, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God bless you guys. Um, again, this Tuesday, I just want you to enjoy your time with family today or on, on Tuesday uh, to celebrate the uh, New Year's. Enjoy your time. And uh, let's start off 2020 on the right foot as well. Let's start off in the house of the Lord, catching the attention of Jesus to say, you know what, this is a new year. This is a new year. 2019 may have brought whatever it brought, but 2020, I'm going to start it off on the right foot. Being in the house of the Lord and catching your attention, Jesus. And that's just how I want to live my life. I want to live my life catching your attention. Whether I'm at work, at school, at home, with family or friends, I want to live a life that catches the attention of Jesus. So let's go and do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, you guys. Have a great last week of 2019. God bless you guys.